Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's the lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's our, our lifestyle. lifestyle. It's where we take people who we like and put them in a the room and interview them and have a conversation. We don't even do interviews, but we have a conversation. And then hopefully you will latch on to something that they say and check the person out. Yo, you know what? It's May. And May is Urban Podcast Month. Use the hashtag 2019 UPM. 2019 UPM. Uh, tell them about Urban Podcast Month, bro. Uh, Urban Podcast Month was created so the Urban podcast and by urban we mean black to get to know one another even if you're not in the same city state country if you use that hashtag we can discover each other press play even if you get one more listen than you got or or 10 more it's somebody discovered you from us celebrating the urban podcast it's during the may month of may because may is our birthday month and that's how we wanted it and you know who got yo we got to get to milwaukee bro they got a fucking podcast culture that's out, like it's crazy it's out of this world man like we got to get there so hey milwaukee we know some of y'all listening fuck with y'all podcast and urban podcast month give them a listen go to their uh events do that all over texas got a real big urban podcast and uh, coming up yeah everybody everybody Indiana. doing their thing so just celebrate urban podcast month by uh hashtagging 2019 upm just hit that hashtag man you hashtagging anyway man Man, so you might as well just use one that actually matter about something. I'll be seeing like motherfuckers will be hashtagging people names, and this ain't got shit to do with what you're doing. Them fans not coming for you. Right. They not looking for your podcast because you hashtagging popular hashtags. But hashtagging 2019 UPM, I mean they looking for your podcast. And we looking for podcasts to listen to. I mean, I like to listen to new content, discover new people, new personalities. And uh, hey, man, I'm a I'm a podcast fan. Right. So yeah, I just yeah. want to hear your perspective in Jacksonville, Florida, or your perspective in Atlanta. Right. I want to hear like what that. these freaky hoes talk about in Brooklyn or these freaky yeah. hoes talk about in Atlanta. Cause there's some, a lot of freak bitches out there with podcasts and they celebrate their freakness. So it's not like I'm downing them. Okay. Right. Yeah, right you right, know what right, I'm saying? I listen right. to all that shit. I don't want to say no names. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm bumping to a few of you bitches. Yeah. See if that's real talk. You know what I'm saying? You got a word. Yeah. I got a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a word. That was strictly for entertainment purposes, dog. Yeah, it's a redemption, an act of redeeming or atoning for a fault or mistake or the state of being redeemed. What about you? You got a word? Yeah, I got a word. My uh, word is consistent, and that's act. That's acting or done in the same way over, especially for some way to be fair or accurate. So why is that the word, man? Hey, man, because we got a pretty consistent artist who, I mean, what I get from his music is like a redemption feel, and we've been working with him for a long time, and he's actually one of the more consistent artists that we ever work with who we got today man we got all brayers man what's going on bro and he actually bought his 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 folks with him so we got both of them but i forgot your name bro so y'all can introduce yourself my bad though bro. i'm terrible with names my nigga i know aj and sj yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well hey i'm happy to be in the building thank you aj and sj <laughs> i'll be confused on who is who because yeah. you know they twins yeah. you know if y'all i know y'all listening to us but if y'all in here with us you would be able to see what i'm talking about yeah. but i got my bro with me nelson sale you know yo, who's yo, also uh on? a part of the group that uh we used to have together called we apm gonna get to, we gonna you know, get to that we're gonna get to us, that you know? yeah, yeah. yeah we definitely gonna get yeah. to that so um how did we meet Abreus, bro? Uh, we met Abreus through Nate, man. Like we always say, like oh yeah, another our whole could. life is a connected experience, and we've been connected with Nate, Missy, Doc, probably nineteen years because we've been out of high school twenty years, and well, coming up on twenty years. And you went down there like our first summer out of high school because yeah. you couldn't believe what our homeboy was telling you. And that's not to say he's a liar; he just doesn't it tell just the truth. Unbelievable! As at much the time, as I yeah. Yeah. he like man, they got video production, they got studios, they doing graphics. I'm like, yo, I got to see this shit myself, man. You know what I'm saying? And it ended up being say no more graphics. That's what it yeah. actually ended up being. Yeah. So we met Abreus through Nate. So let's get into your story, Abreus. Let's talk about who you are. Well, who I am, Abreus, uh, I think my music basically defines all of that. You know, I just, I am my truth. I'm, yeah. I'm my walking truth, you know, yeah. my testimony, my story. 
you know, uh, I'm a person uh, who grew up in Detroit, Michigan, you know, still rising in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. And but also at the same time, my message is not limited to only Detroit, Michigan, you know. Right. I'm for the masses, right? Uh, and know. definitely you are. Which uh, you got very diverse music. Very, it is it could touch a lot of people because I actually listen to the music, and I don't just listen to the music because I know you, right? You know what I'm saying? I was actually waiting on the project because it was supposed to come out a long time ago, right? You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And then right. it didn't, and then you know I know life happened though, right? It so did. You it said did. you live your truth. Let's talk about your truth. Where did you grow up at in Detroit, Michigan? Eastside, uh, Harper and Connor area. And yeah. what was that like? What was that like? Paint the picture for somebody who never been to this area, especially growing up. You you are age range, so the nineties, the two thousands. Like, what was that like growing up on on that area? Growing up in that area, a lot of uh, my neighborhood. You know, of course, you know, in Detroit, you know, it's drugs there. Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that was more so like a blood neighborhood. You know, majority of all of my friends and childhood friends were bloods. Right. So it was actually real gang banging. Yeah, it was Detroit. real, real gang banging. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that though because when people be talking like they're like, it ain't no gang banging here or there. I'm like, dog, yes, the fuck it is. Like it's yeah, real yeah, gang banging yeah, yeah, in these areas. Yeah, so like, yeah. you better know the color code and you better know what that graffiti say on the wall if you active. If you ain't active, you ain't paying attention to that shit no way. But yeah. a lot of people think like, like it, it was real gang banging in Inkster when I was growing up. Up. Like the whole hood was blue, right? Like I'll never forget this shit, right? Like everybody was folks, GDs, it was some Crips and all that. Then my partner had went to the county, and when he came home, he had TRU tatted on his stomach, but he had the uh the dots in between the TRU was red. He had red uh uh rubber bands on his braids and everything, and niggas like, yo, what's going on? And he like, Oh, I'm a blood, you know. Because right. he was locked up in the county with a bunch of east side niggas to right. tell the truth. And once I seen like it wasn't about the color because so many people feared and respected him. Like when he said he was blood, like niggas is like, okay, he could be a blood then. And, right. that, and that ain't just how, that ain't how it go. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying? It was like because right. it was him, nobody wanted to put the press down. So that showed me something about okay, it ain't really about the color in some of these areas. Like you go respect who you go respect. And right. that was that was actually really funny to me too. Like he came home like uh, I'm a blood now, and niggas is like. Okay, cool. Like, let me get a real head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, right. growing up, in, I'm sorry, growing up in that area, what was it like as a kid? I mean, it was it was a uh, pretty rough. You know, I want to say around the beginning stages. You know, I stayed in the house a lot. You know, yeah. Uh, I really didn't start coming out like that until I uh, decided to stop drawing and get out of running track. Where I want to say around middle school when I got introduced to uh, Tupac. Yeah. You know, and I didn't get introduced to him personally, but uh, a person who I grew up with by the name of Boot Cup. He was very interested into Tupac and all his music. I used to go over there. He used to have all his pictures over his walls. I remember when uh, Machiavelli came out. We walked up to Tanya's to go get the tape, yeah. you know, so this is when I got introduced into, you know, what it was. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I, I, I want to get into that, you know, yeah. and from running with him, he, he grew up, he was a blood, you know, his brothers and them, they were bloods, you know. Yeah. I remember it was a time where uh, they call themselves initiate me. The only time, <laughs> only reason I got out of it because my coat got ripped. And it, it, it kind of reminds me, like when I listen to Kendrick Lamar, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, it's just like. By me being in the uh, in 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 this uh, flower pot in this environment and all this stuff, it's kind of hard not to get wrapped up into these things. Yeah. And I will say, eventually, a time came apart. I mean, came uh, a time came to play where we actually separated parts, and I went to doing other things because I started hanging with my cousins and I'm over in Van Dyke, and they wasn't doing the game banging thing. We was doing right. other things, but I noticed yeah. we grew apart. Eventually, he ended up getting killed. Yeah. And it's like all my friends who I grew up with from that same neighborhood, you know, either they got cases, either they dead or they yeah. in jail. Right. And it's just like if I probably didn't have another outlet to escape right. or go do something else or another place for me to go visit or another place for me to go be, yeah. I could see I pretty much would have got wrapped into that same scenario. And, and that's, uh, that kind of sounds so cliche, like oh, everybody I grew up with dead or in jail until you really look around. Like when we was in middle school, like niggas was getting killed in middle school we had yeah. guns in middle school and now you looking back like we they destroyed our middle school t tore that bitch down and then you get to thinking about who you went to middle school with and you right. get to putting niggas name in on the mdoc to even see you you kind of hoping a nigga more in jail than he is dead you <laughs> right. know what i'm saying like because at least you still got living, a chance at this shit living, yeah right. but like that's the truth man a lot of niggas we grew up with did or in jail and it's like forever though like and niggas i, I got think people underestimate numbers. that because they didn't they think that 
that environment don't exist. You feel what I'm saying? Take a kid from middle America. To them, that sounds like some, something that a rapper would say. Right. But, but before we rappers, we humans. Right. So like he said, when we was in middle school and people were getting murdered in middle school by niggas in middle school, that's unfathomable to somebody who live in Rochester Hill. And that's not and a they, fucking and they, word. And they've never heard that? of that. Yeah, I made <laughs> it up. Put that it, in the dictionary. It, it, <laughs> and it's crazy because it seems like the craziest stuff happened in, in middle real life. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in middle school and like high school, it was just like that was the most treacherous time. I remember when you think and look back at yeah, it, you yeah. know. I remember a nigga like a guy we went to middle school with, he him and his brother got juvenile life, right? His mother chalked it up to them putting in work for the hood. So her sons, not even 16, one was 17, well, one was 17, one was 15, because we was the same age, got convicted of juvenile life. Her explanation is they putting in work for the hood. So that comes from, listen to the mentality. You feel yeah, what I'm bro. saying? The I, I would never say that to my daughter. Oh, yeah, she got juvenile life. She putting in work for the hood. Nigga this, nigga, this ain't even going to be the same hood in five years. Right. What you mean? And that just go to show like the mentality of some of these people raising other human beings because they're not even parents. They parents by birthright, but that's nothing your parent want for you. Your parent wants you to go do better, even if we from the hood. Look, here, take this baton, go further. You feel what I'm saying? Not, oh, yeah, you got juvenile life. You putting in work for the hood. But, but I think that's <laughs> up to the mind frame of, of the parent. That's what I said. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah. Because cause you really got to think about it. It's like um, the mother or the father can only give you what, what they had. Right. You know? And some of, some of the parents, well, I want to I'm not going to say I'm, right on that, right? Because I can give you what I wanted. I might not have had it, but I might have always thought if I had kids, mm-hmm. that's how I parent, bro. Right. If I had kids, this my is, father this... wasn't in the house. Right. He had a house for us to go to. Right. But it's nothing like, I don't want to have to come home and go over there because I got to be over here two days a week and over right. here three days a week. So what I didn't have, what I didn't see is stable. I make sure I give that to my kids. This right. is stable. Every day you come home, right. I'm going to be home. But you're thinking past the tree. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what I was saying? getting to is, you know. A lot of those parents, they're only given what they were given. Right. Instead of thinking and even analyzing what we're given, is this even good for us? Right. Why right. is this even cool? And why am I even thinking like that? Basically challenging the status quo because, and I ain't even going to call it the status quo. Just like how you were saying, the, uh, the, one, the one lady chalked it up as, you know, he's putting in dues for the hood. Did anybody even challenge that mom and say, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you get where right, I'm coming right. from? Motherfuckers might was like, hell yeah. You got right, you. right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I usually feel like the change of opinion usually can come from within the circle. Yeah. You know, because a person usually only going to try something new through somebody that they love. They're going to only uh, entertain the thought of something new through somebody that they love. Whether it's a, a physical family member or basically somebody that you adore, somebody that you look up to. Right. Yeah. You know, that's why I feel like even when it comes to the industry or just any kind of industry, when, when somebody is at a higher stature, I feel like people look up to that and you can sculpt the influence of others. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tupac, you say, you, so you basically discovered rap through Tupac. Well, I've heard other rap stuff. Oh, right, right, but that was you know, when like you was my like, brother then was playing around the house, you know, all type of stuff. But that was the only thing that stuck. And literally, I remember when I heard the Tupac record, it it literally felt like something got out of the radio and came and took a seat in my soul. Yeah, literally well, when well, I was right, in that well, room. What, what song? When was I was in, I we was listening. To, I think we was listening to "Hit Him Up" or something like that, or whatever. <laughs> and I I, I I bullshit you not, you know. <laughs> I don't know if we can cuss on here, but yeah, 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 yeah. I was I remember being in in, in bro's room. And just standing there listening to the radio, looking over at the radio, and it was like something you literally it in colors. Got... Was you seeing colors? You said, was I seeing colors? Yeah, it was like, 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 was you seeing colors when you was hearing it and looking at the radio? No, I wasn't seeing color. I just was looking at the radio. You know how you just listening, I'm in tune. You know, it, it, it wasn't a video and nothing like that. And actually, he had a tape cassette. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He popped a tape cassette in there, and we staring there listening to the radio. I'm looking like, oh. This is what we into because you know you <laughs> got to think about it. This is my boy, so I got love for him. So yeah. here, here's the introduction. It's coming through love. Yeah. So since he's into him, I'm like, oh, this is what we doing. We, we doing this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm listening, and it, it literally felt like something came from out of the radio and took a seat in my soul, and it's never left. Yeah, yeah. So is that when you started to rap, or at first you just was like immersed in it, like as listening to it? That's from that point. That's when I wanted to rap. Okay. That's when I actually started, and I didn't know how to rap at first, you know. But I actually had uh, music equipment at my home because my father used to do uh, sound for Shane Park. Yeah. Back in the day, he used to do like the African American Festival and different things downtown, and uh, so I already had equipment, but I just didn't know how to use it. So 
I would just invite people over and just be using their stuff and using their little beats, and I'm just happy to be in the room yeah. until eventually I figured out how this thing goes and how to rap, and I learned from mimicking a lot of other rappers, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, growing up, so both parents was in the household. How many siblings was it? Uh, growing up, it was three siblings in the household, which eventually turned into two because my brother got older and he moved out. And uh, I grew up with both parents, though. That, yeah, that's good. Like, yeah. And did you see the effects of you actually having both parents as opposed to, like, a great friend who might not have had a father or might not have had a mother? Did you notice the difference once you start realizing, like, I go home, mom and dad, dear, regardless whatever they're going through, I know that both yeah. of my parents coming yeah. home. Yep. Yeah. I, I really did start to see the uh, the difference of it once I got older. Yeah. You know, and uh, I really didn't pay attention to it until after uh, a partner of ours, my bro Nell, Nelson Sell, can actually chime in on this, uh, passed. You know, yeah. his name was Young Meach. He was in the yeah. group with us. Yeah. This is actually, which is his cousin. Right. Right. You know, and uh, once I got that relationship, which actually came through love, once again, this is I, my bro. I met him. Uh, uh, high school. High school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Summer school. Uh, yep. Uh, and, yep. I, I got put in summer school because I was fucking up. I got introduced to the pussy and I lost my mind. You know what I'm saying? And I had to go to summer school two years in a row and high school. Yeah, and bro. I met him in summer school. It's funny. I met him while right. I was fucking up. Yeah. You know, I showed him my, uh, he showed me a song he had, you know, and I listened to the right. song and then I showed him a whole CD. <laughs> he was like, you made this yourself? I was like, yeah. And, and we've been rocking ever since. Yeah. But um, uh, his cousin, which is uh, Young Meach, which was that was the closest thing like I had to a little brother. I never had a little brother. Right. And it's like I didn't learn a lot of things about him or really pay attention to a lot of things about him until after he passed away. Yeah. Like it, it was a point in time where we was all out doing our thing and all of us, we went and got jobs. And Meach didn't go get a job. And right. I was wondering why he never did come in with us. But then after he passed, I realized, damn, he couldn't come in with us because he didn't graduate high school. Certain right. things that we had in our life, he didn't have. You know, his right. his mother wasn't really, uh, she was present, but she wasn't present like that, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. She was present, but I think they, they was having some issues or something like that. Issues, yeah, but yeah. I knew his father wasn't present. Right. You know, right. and see, me and him, we've always been on one accord the same because his father was in his life. My father was in my life. Yeah. Uh, my mother was in my life. His mother was in his life. So right. our worlds are kind of... You know, right, and that is similar. like it's it's a Same, real similar. big difference when you like look back and look at some of your like right now looking back, I'm looking at homies like that was dope that y'all had to be in the house at ten o'clock like that like we never had a curfew we, it it was like we've been on our own for so long I don't remember no. I don't remember ever even asking to do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. But now when I look mm -hmm. back, niggas like, yo, I got to go to the crib at 10. At the time, right. I'm laughing. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, right. and then y'all left at 10. And at 11 o'clock, we shooting it out in the middle of the street with niggas. Right. I would rather have been in the house at 10. Right. Now that I'm like, I got kids. And I'm like, dog, what the fuck? Like, I don't want my 10-year-old listening to motherfucking helter skelter or no shit like that right. or i don't want my 11 year old son i ain't got a son but in a sense i want my 11 year old daughter hanging out with niggas that's 11 but they ain't got to be in the house so this little knucklehead nigga on my porch and i gotta right. sweep him off you know right. <laughs> what i'm saying right. but we was them knucklehead niggas who ain't have to be in the house so right. now i'm saying it different like okay yeah that yeah. shit make more than a difference than people think you know what right I'm then opposed to when somebody was telling you that as a kid yeah you a kid and you, like, you weren't yeah, paying attention to it yeah, you know yeah. big difference big difference <laughs> yeah. now y'all had uh the, the name of the group was apm right apm yep. and that affiliated was with money. affiliated with money but y'all actually was the baby cheddar boys how did you uh how did y'all get a relationship with uh wipeout well, we actually got a relationship with Wipeout. With Fago? Yep. Actually, I'm, I'll let you tell that. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, um, one of our group members, G, he um, met a um, guy named Fago. Fago was affiliated with the Cheddar Boys. And um, we started getting in the studio with him. You know, we, we built the relationship, got in the studio. We recorded some records. He was kind of teaching us the whole <laughs> Cheddar Boy the whole lingo. Everything, the, the lingo. The whole nine. We didn't know what the hell was going on. He like, say this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> so next thing you know, we um we dropped some records. And um I think he did he set up a, a meeting with us, mm -hmm. with, with Wipeout. Yep, yep. And Wipeout heard us. And I remember Wipeout uh, told us in the studio, like, yeah, y'all sound just like the Cheddar, Cheddar Boys. Boys. Y'all got it down packed to the T. And I'm, and I'm looking at him like, what is he talking about? You know what I'm <laughs> <Right>. saying? But <laughs> we didn't know that. Fago was schooling us to so a he certain was way, yeah, right? Yeah, we didn't, us. we didn't, we didn't understand because he even our name even changed because yep. it was APM, but it was a, about, about pimping, pimping the money. money. Yeah. And he and was like, nah. but also too, that was before I was in it. 
because it was <laughs> yeah. an 8 p.m. before I was in it. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah. when we did the thing with Fago, the name yeah. changed, and then I the, came in. Oh, then the group yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. names changed. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like on the east side when, like that, when when it was like Cheddar Boy Mania, and y'all to be like somebody trying to prep y'all to bring y'all into this? I know it had to be a, a crazy feeling because y'all was seeing this shit firsthand. Man. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what's so crazy about it? I remember when we was in the group. And we went to um, the festival downtown. And um, that was my first time seeing Cheddar Boys on stage. Yeah. It was like a festival and they was performing. Oh, at Hard Plaza. At Hard mm-hmm. Plaza. Yeah. And man, I seen people going crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh boy, taking their shirts off, going <laughs> crazy. And I'm like, yo, who is these dudes? You yeah. know? And I remember looking at G. G was on the side of me. I was like, bro, you would be a Cheddar Boy? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I would too. Yeah. Not this, thinking this is before we got introduced. I wasn't there either. Yeah. I wasn't there. I wasn't there when they Not went to that thinking event. Thinking that we'll actually be rolling with them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and be on the, the team. Sisters right there. Right. It was crazy. Like yeah. I'm talking about people was like they was cash money or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's crazy how when something come on the scene so dominant. And you know, I'm gonna speak very truthful. Cause when it first when it when they first came telling me about this, I remember at that time I think I was working at KFC or something like that. I couldn't come. Yeah. And, uh, I got off work and they was telling me about this festival, and I'm like, man, who is these niggas? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm being realistic. I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Let me hear this. Like, you know, because they was like, man, I'm telling you, they had it going crazy, yeah. and it it's just was, crazy about how the energy, was the crazy. energy of something dominant coming on the scene made me feel like, man, whatever. But then eventually. Once you be around it and check it out, like this, this, this ain't that bad, and this is yeah. actually cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that shit end up being historical because it's two songs in Detroit history that you go put on and it's go transcend sight and everything, and that's oh boy yeah. and come roll with a nigga. You right. feel what I'm saying? Right. And um, we we used to so uh, Doc. We said we met Doc, right? We right. actually got introduced to that whole Cheddar Boy scene through Doc because Doc actually did the marketing, yeah. the album cover. He did everything behind the scenes, right? Then we used to be there, and uh, we just was like doing, you know, running through the office of shit, but wipe out. I never out knew that. So he, so Doc made the album cover and all that. Doc Chill, yeah, he, okay. they, they did them. Bro, we did the marketing on the second one. Yeah, like, we, we did, did the marketing, marketing on, on the That was our one. first big. Yeah, thing. we got that shit reviewed in the Murder Dog and all of that on the second one. Because mm-hmm. now we in with Doc, but before that, we just was trying to find our way. So we would just be in the office, whatever he need. I mean, like some real intern shit. Like right. they would drop off. 60,000 flyers, bro. We had to bring them bitches upstairs. Sometimes the elevator ain't working. You feel <laughs> right. what I'm saying? So we trucking boxes and shit back and forth and shit. But yeah. he was teaching us like this all a part of the game because he knew if you rapped and you needed your album cover done, the guy right next door could do that. And I could, you feel what I'm saying? They could do the marketing. So it was all in-house. So people would feel mm-hmm. more comfortable, but we would see them in the office and shit and gearing up for the release. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. And then when that shit hit, like Detroit people drop music all the time, but when that shit hit and we was from Instagram, we heard niggas in the town rolling around listening to it. That's when we knew. I said, yeah, this, this, this is a phenomenon for real. So now you got Romulus niggas listening and Angster niggas listening. Then you go to Detroit and you only hearing two groups come out to cars and it's the street lords and the cheddar, chedder boys, boys, but Jesse James is on this song so are these niggas together you feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying and like just to see that shit get so big like we was up on y'all <laughs> you feel what right. I'm saying so like mm. that's why Nate kind of sent you to us because he like oh he used to be a baby cheddar boy mm-hmm. oh, okay it makes sense because now we know that you know that they know what they doing so right. he like here let's get him over to the twins because they so it's actually this. like the interns with the new group when mm-hmm. we met you in a sense because we were familiar with mm-hmm. you and we mm-hmm. had been there for the whole marketing of the Cheddar Boys, but you was actually completely different. Like when we met you, uh, this mm-hmm. was prior to Money on the Floor. Yep, it was I prior. Remember, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, what was this song? Bentley you, and you uh, had Bentley in the road. Yep, yep. the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that. Bentley was like, is the first song we heard. That's the first song they sent to us. Right. And he was like, "Yeah, just listen to it and shit. Tell me what you think and shit. You feel what I'm saying? He did that before he told us he wanted us to work with you because he right. knew we was gonna give our honest opinion. Right. You feel what I'm saying? But right. he also know it ain't about what we like. It's about what the masses like. Right. I work projects I don't per se like all the time. I'm I'm only I'm usually they go give it to me. I'm not gonna even have to buy it. Right. You feel what I'm saying? But when you see something that you like. Yo, this message has to get out because even though it was the song was called Bentley, it was about your faith. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So when when you like uh 
when you listen to music and you can peep stuff like that, yeah, that title go grab them in. But if they listen to what he's saying, then they they just gonna be ready to go a little further in life. And that's why we said like the music you make is I don't even call it gospel rap, right. but the message needs to be heard. You right. feel what I'm saying? Right. So how did you develop that message after being in a group like the Baby Cheddar Boys? Well, I developed that message because uh, when we came to the end of the road with the APM situation, and it was crazy because it was like we had just reached a height when it came to the stuff that we was doing in all the strip clubs and had the video on TV. We had a video out called Ride at the time. Yeah. And I remember we used to go to the strip clubs because we was a- affiliated with a, a crew called Street, Street Team. Team. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of them. Yeah. And we used to shut the clubs down. we go places yeah. and stuff like that. And our name was buzzing. And uh, things, it was some issues that happened within the group, you know, and we fell apart. And I went through a depressing time. I was battling suicide and some more stuff like that. And right after that, Meech got killed and. I just paused on everything because, like, when bro got killed, I cut everything off. Any tie yeah. that I had that was affiliated to streets or anything like that, I cut it all off. And so no, when I no, ch- no, let me chime in, how difficult was that for you to say you were going through depression and then your homie got killed? Oh, it was very difficult because, was, like, could you speak difficult. on that a little bit more? Because some people going through that right now, like, literally, because it—that's how it normally works. Like, you get depressed uh-huh. and then some bad stuff start to happen, right, right. and it's like back to back yeah. to back. And some right. people they might not kill themselves, but, but they, they might not recover. never bounce back from that. Like, right. they never bounce back. So, what was your like? How did you learn to bounce back? Like, and what age range was this? When this uh, was all this happened when I turned twenty-five. Yeah, all this happened when I turned twenty-five, uh, and it's crazy. Because when it happened, it was like all back to back. The suicide stuff came from a lot of uh, suppressed stuff. Yeah. Like uh, I was always big on people pleasing. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, if I rock with you, I, you know, I want you to be I want us to be cool. I want us to be on the same page. But I just had to learn that some people you can't reason with some people you can't cope with. You just got to do your best. And if it don't work out, let it go. Yeah. If somebody ain't got something financially. Then they, they ain't meant to have it. <laughs> right, you know what right. I'm saying? If 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 somebody can't do the job, then they got to be fired. Yeah. And see, a lot of times I would just be carrying a lot of stuff and overlooking a lot of stuff. And one day I just snapped, you know, because uh, when the situation happened with the group, I had invested so much of my money and so much of my life with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. And even though I'm trying to work with this person, it's, and it's crazy because I'm going through something similar right now. Yeah. But I just nipped you it in the bud. I just not actually. I kind of didn't, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a reminder that we having this conversation. And you can't force stuff to fit because when yeah. you force stuff to fit, you'll end up snapping. But uh, the only thing that saved me was God. Yeah. Period. Because I remember being, and I actually uh, put the whole truth in in the song on the road. That yeah. was that that was that snapping moment. Yeah. You know, and uh, so once I got pulled out of that situation, as soon as I got pulled out, I want to say. An opportunity came up. I had some investors. I did a show at the Fox. This was uh, probably like 2009 or something like that. And uh, with Soldier Boy, Waka Flocka, things just starting to pop. Some people about to put some money in with me. I'm about to do some things. Right after I did that show, not even like a month or two months later, my little bro get killed. Right. Then it's like when he got killed, I went through a thing where I felt like I couldn't trust nobody. Because it's like if you're coming up from the hood, and your homeboys, you might know he jack and rob. You might know this person kill people. You might know this person slaying drugs. You might you might know this person is like this. You know who, who. You, you know who's who and everybody is cool with you because you look at, oh, that's unk. He ain't going to do nothing to me. Oh, that's this. But then when something like that hit the fan and it's so close to home. You got to look at everybody. And don't man. nobody know nothing. Yeah. It make you feel like you don't know. You got to get away from everybody. It actually make you feel like you don't know nothing and everybody else know what the fuck be going on when you be in them type of situations. Because when you don't know who to trust, you like, but is they fucking with them? Is they doing this? So it's kind of like you feel like outside. So it's good that you battled the depression and broke through just to let people know that you could do that. Because right. Right. like I said, a lot of people might not physically kill themselves, but you once you die inside, you did. Like, like, right. Because I didn't want to be here. You ain't want to be here. And some people here, no don't man. understand. You either suicidal or homicidal and once you determine that you're not suicidal in your heart mm-hmm. then you start looking at people different like yeah. i could just kill this motherfucker right i don't care right. and that's the problem with a lot of the young black kids that in, in, in the urban areas that they don't they didn't even recognize that at one point they were suicidal which turned them into like nobody wakes up and wants to be a killer no. something drove them to that point emotions. whatever yeah yeah emotions and, and then i'll be, be telling people like just because you kill somebody don't mean you're a killer because i know niggas who would kill mm-hmm. you and then go eat lunch with their kids and then there's other people who will kill you you and that killed them 
So yeah. it's a difference. But once you like people don't know, your mind is like full of rams, man. And you get to unlocking dark shit. And I started noticing that because I used to watch like a whole bunch of Law and Order and crazy shit like that. And then one day I just said, man, I don't even want that shit in my head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't even want that element of me knowing. I know this shit exists. I'm not stupid. But like. Right. Sometimes something be in you that you don't want out. So you, right. I don't want to watch this crazy shit because if push come to shove, what if I have to kick in a nigga dough and do some wild shit and you like, dog, that shit is like, you know what I'm saying? If that thought never was in feel there. feel like it's programming. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. It's programming. It's, it's programming. And then when some you. shit happen, hit a trigger, yeah. Yeah. bam. Right. And it be coming from you going to sleep watching Dateline. You know what I'm saying? So. <clears throat> Yeah. Subconsciously, it's murder on your mind, murder on your mind. Then you get into it with a nigga at work and you snap out. And it was just Monday and this nigga just, you bumped into him in real life. Like he just like, hey, dog, you done stabbed this nigga or something. And that shit be happening to people when they don't know why. I go to therapy, bro. Like all the time. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Getting all and, that and shit. And ain't, ain't nothing, wrong, ain't nothing with wrong with that. And, and sometimes that another thing that helped me too is just to uh, speak my emotions out loud to God. Yeah. Just period. A lot yeah. of times we be feeling like somebody else got to be in the room. Journaling helped me through it. Uh, but most definitely talking about it, yeah, and even being honest with myself about it, yeah, you know, because um, when something like that happens, and especially coming from the environment where I came from, you know, somebody kill your folks, you you supposed to they the way they preach it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you a, ain't gonna let that slide, you ain't gonna let that ride, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just you got to get away from certain people who who have that mentality because you'll get wrapped into that. Then if I go out here and kill this dude who they say did it. Which and, is, yeah. and, and, and let's just say he didn't even do it. Right. And then Not, sometimes people throw names out there because they want somebody else out the way. They like it. They think he did this and we say his name. So actually that uh, you made it out. Is that fair to say? Yeah. That, so, that, that's that, actually this whole title is about making it out of the hood, not just financially, but uh, also mentally. I think the hood is more mental than financial. And I'm going to explain why. Because mm-hmm. mentally, they program us to think we don't need to be here. But we do need to be here because kids need to see that Abrea has made it from here. He's doing good. He's right. driving nice. Right. He, he's a positive individual. And right. he's still here. The more we get out of there, right. the more people like, ain't shit around here. Don't nobody mm-hmm. give a fuck around here. Like, I give a fuck about the youth and angst. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know a lot. I don't even know no kids and shit like that. Like, I should, as, as per to say, but I give a fuck. I don't want nobody's kids walking past yellow tape because they getting off the bus yeah. and right. somebody just got killed in the projects. And little man, he know what this yellow tape mean because the first 48 come on TV or he's seeing these movies. So right. he growing up in his head, oh, we yellow taping niggas. We, yeah. we if, this, if When I get off the bus, something will happen because the whole block taped off. I got to walk around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even with the projects back in the day, the projects used to be filled with love. It used to be sports teams. It used to be us mm-hmm. against them and all the kids grew up playing basketball, baseball and all that. Now it ain't even no parks. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. so how can we even do this? Because right. they want you to. It's, it's it's a it's a it's a false narrative of get out the hood, right. so they could get the hood. Right. Like in the '60s and shit, when you had white flight from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So they did the white flight, no white mayor for, until now. Now look at Detroit. It's turning right back into what they was flighting from. You know what I'm saying? Because, right. yeah, they buying up downtown, but eventually that's going to move into these mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Right. That's going to move. They tearing down projects to build condos, but that never happened because all them dead souls. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers ain't going to let. This is people's resting place who died for this place. These condos ain't going to be what you think. It's always going to be problems with that shit, whether it be the water, whether it be the light, and something going to be wrong because y'all don't belong here. Y'all, y'all charge $1,500 a month for rent in these places that these people still need houses that y'all putting them out of. They can't afford it. But that's why you got to stay in the neighborhood, bro. Like, I own I own a house in Angster. I own a house in Romulus. You know what I'm saying? But when it's all said and done, I'm looking for land in Angster to build my, my fortress on. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So when motherfuckers ride past, whether I'm famous or not, Mr. Jackson got a farm. Mr. Jackson this, Mr. Jackson right. that. So now a nigga Has walking. Has something to aspire yeah, to. He, lo- to he lost to. and then he look up and be like, yo, that's a farm in Angster. Like I can mm-hmm. do it. Like I want a couple little animals and shit, but nothing. What, chickens? <laughs> yeah, because I'm up early in the morning. So yeah, when the ro- I'm, uh, I'm up with the roosters every day, no, because you know what I'm certain certain animals are uh, illegal in city inside city limits. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't want no chickens like, and roosters. Shit but I, I get what he's saying because you got to have something for the kids to, to look be, up to, to, look up to yeah. and just to be aspire. around something that they can see and touch. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And also, when you think of making it out financially, is kind of like envision it like the things that you would normally spend your money on you probably don't even spend it on you're not moving like how they try to program right, you to right, be exactly. you know basically you have no limits to whatever you want to do right. now, speaking yeah. of this I made it album you got uh, I forgot what, what song was it 
you got a song with some heavyweights on it, man. It's called I Made It. It, it is actually a video. I said when I when I first pressed play on the song, I see some shit in my head. Like, yo, this is crazy. This could be I'm seeing niggas skating. I'm seeing like <laughs> I'm just seeing a good time, uh-huh. man. Let's talk about that record and who you got on that record. Come on, come on. I made it. Yeah, the actual. Well, actually, and actually, I got to give props to the, uh, these two gentlemen who are sitting across from me on these mics. You know, SJ and RJ, <laughs> AJ, AJ, SJ and AJ. You know, uh, they were the ones who actually connected the dots to do the song and put No Malice on there. Yeah. Now, after No Malice was put on there. Um, I got in the studio with my bro right here, which is Nelson Sell, and uh, he was playing around in the studio, you know, doing some stuff towards the end of the song, yeah. and uh, it inspired the situation of how we got Kurt, Kurt. in yeah. the picture. Curtis Blow. Curtis yeah. Blow, because that's also a mutual fairing of both of ours, and yeah. he was working on some stuff, and he was he like, man, us a lot. this would be good if, if you put Kurt on this. Yeah. And I heard him, but then I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm going to stick to what I'm doing, and then my brother heard what he was doing. You know, on the record, because he was originally uh, doing some other parts on the record. Right. Yeah. And then when Kurt came in, he scooted out and let Kurt get this part, and he took this part. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that came to be. Yeah, that. You know what I, I, what I, I, call, I caught him. We uh, we do a lot of texting because uh, we live different midnight working lifestyles. But I caught him like, dog, did you listen yet? And he like, the record with Curtis Blow? <laughs> I'm like, yo, that shit is dope, man. <laughs> but that's actually not my favorite record. My favorite record is how you open up the uh, project, uh, You Ain't Worried. And, and you tell a story on that in the second verse about about how somebody steered you into the right direction. Right. But you didn't say who. But talk about that relationship and, uh, and kind of, Kind of tell me where you think you would be at if he would have egged you on to go the direction you wanted to go, bro. Well, actually, the song you actually talk about somebody shooting you before right. too. See, I had right. never known you've been shot. Right, you feel what I'm saying? That's why I like listening to your music because, right. like, we talk and stuff a lot and shit, and that type of shit just never come up. Because right. why would it? Right. But I learned through the music, so I'm like, right. damn, a nigga shot a nigga that shot this nigga before. You feel what I'm saying? Like, because right. I mean, of course, they don't know. I don't know though, but the person I know you to be uh-huh. might not been the person. They was afraid of because if somebody shoots you, they afraid of you. You feel what I'm right. saying, or afraid of what you could become. Right. So when I heard that, I'm like, damn man, like niggas really wilding out here. Right. Like they just shot this nigga. It's a lot of niggas who shouldn't stand a chance. But just talk about that song in general. Well, that song, and even when it comes to the shooting, I don't know if uh the guy was afraid of me. Actually, I think the dude was older than me. That actually he tried to shoot me. I got yeah. grazed in the back of the head with a bullet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's pretty uh, deep. You actually, said it like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. And it's like uh, yeah. I can hear it in one ear better than the other because yeah. of that incident. And uh, I probably could have been dead if you know if it didn't play out the way it played out because I got to moving during the situation when I was getting robbed. And I think, and this is just me thinking, uh, when I saw the gun like going like this. I flinched, and when I flinched and did like this, bow, you know what I'm saying? And next thing you know, my head is wide open. I'm leaking blood, you know what I'm saying? I have a loud ringing going on in my ear. I end up going to the doctor, come to find out I can hear in one ear better than the other. I'm supposed to wear like a, um, technically like a little thing in my ear or something like that when I do music. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. But I tried it out for a little minute, and I said, fuck that shit. And I, I just, I don't. You know, really talk about it a lot because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on, you know, oh, I've been shot or I've been, you know, if it come up, it come up. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, that situation, when we, now when we talk about the uh, the second verse, all throughout my life has always been big homies and people who've been around me and who've always guided me. It's like people who I thought would have told me to do some grimy or some dirty stuff, they tell me to do some other stuff. I remember when, uh, I think it was, uh, we went out with one of our big homies, uh, we took him out for um, his birthday. And during this time, certain things weren't doing good in the streets and other things, and I was feeling some kind of way because I was going to have to go back to work. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, I'm just coming from in the club throwing hundreds of thousands with y'all and running around big with big chains and stuff like that, you know, and I got to go in here and work this nine to five job and I'm feeling some kind of way. And I remember him at the dinner table telling me like, look, what you tripping about? That's a blessing. It's somebody right now who wish they could have that job. That same dude who might be trying to talk trash about you. He probably somewhere trying to pawn a VCR. You better go on up in there and take that job. Yeah. But it was good for me to hear that because instead yeah. I'm looking to him for him to tell me, look, that. Yeah, yeah. look, I got something for you or I got another move. But he didn't do that. He, yeah. he instead told me, go get the job. Now, when it comes to the uh, the person on the uh, the verse, 
I didn't know that the person who I was trying to do something with at the time, I didn't know that he was under investigation. I didn't know that somebody was watching him and just snitched on him and some more stuff. He didn't have to tell me none of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because usually when cats are going through stuff like that, they don't tell nobody what's going on with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they usually keep it in-house. Who needs to know needs to know. Otherwise, they ain't talking about that. And uh, when I came to him, he basically just pulled me off to the side and just said, hey, this ain't where it's at. You need to go back with that music shit. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This ain't what's up. Leave this shit alone. Yeah. Them same niggas. Uh, get your ass fucked up. And it's yeah. crazy because after dude went to jail, he came home. And I remember one day I was at a popping party. And uh, I'm having a good time. I'm in VIP with some people, you know, local hood celebrities and stuff doing over there doing our thing. And he like, come from over there. Stay your ass over here. I think somebody, you know, he, he basically put a bug in my ear like, them niggas might be, something might happen to them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm glad I kind of followed that because next thing you know, boom. Some shit happened. Right. So, so he, he he loved you. He literally yeah, loved you. Yeah, because like he, he didn't have to tell me that yeah, shit. Twice. It was two instances that he could have definitely yeah, steered you the wrong two way. And he definitely gave a fuck and, about and, you. And also at the same time, I, I never disclosed him or never put him on the spot because at the end of the day, you know, I could have probably told that to another nigga who I was with in the VIP and they probably would have been like, no, what you talking about? Who told you that shit? Right, and it yeah, could have started, started some certain, shit. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But somebody has to have love for you or have to feel some type of special way about you to see your light and navigate that light like nah bro you don't need to be right here you need right. to go over here now we, we said Curtis blowing like that kind of like eased over kind of lightly and I like you know what I'm saying so how did y'all get a relationship with Curtis Blow because like this is rap royalty like this is yeah. you, you you feel what I'm saying so how did this relationship come about you can kick that one <laughs> um, just APM days man we um we have released the what was it? A project we had did Gang Green. Uh, we no, we released a CD called the Crack CD. Crack CD. The Crack CD. Why? Well, I know and, we put and, out a lot of flyers and but stuff. But actually, what drove them in was uh, we had a one eight hundred number. Yeah. On the Crack CD, and this was when we first uh started. This was around the time. Uh, this was right at the time. Uh, not too far from when we first got introduced to White, and we was dealing yeah. with the Cheddar Boys and the Baby Cheddar Boys situation, and uh, we had a one eight hundred number. And the 1-800 number drew different clientele and different people to us because people yeah. was looking at like, you got a 1-800 number? Who are these people? Right, yeah. right. And through this 1-800 number, a guy named uh, by the name of Kool-Aid Kool reached out to us. Yeah, Kool-Aid from, from Romulus. And uh, he had all of these plugs. And I don't, I don't, yeah. Is his daughter a boxer? I don't know. He he rapped, right? Hot Spot no, Entertainment? No, no. This I is an older guy. He's an older guy. He's an older guy. Okay. But whoever, I don't know that guy to this day, but... Yeah. He was blood. Yeah. He knew some <laughs> yeah, he of did. everybody. Yeah. And he, he knew what to say to man. him, what to tell him, yeah. what to this. And he called Kurt. And, and he called Kurt and introduced. And, 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 introduced. and it's kind of crazy even how we kind of got introduced to Kurt because uh, we got introduced to Kurt. Uh, basically, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, he told us okay. to tell... Uh, it, it was crazy because it was like it was like really like a lie, yeah. but at the same time it <laughs> opened the doors to some other shit. Did, like he did. told us to tell uh, Kurt that we just got to uh, New York, and uh, we 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 about to get off. Uh, we about to go to the show at one oh six. We about to tape at one oh six. Yeah, and we want and we in the area. And we want to know if we could come by and network with him. Yeah. you know, and meet him while we here for these days. Yeah, and it's crazy that same lie that he told us worked. For all of these places, yeah. we got an interview at the source, source. right away. Yeah. We got an interview it's at crazy. King Magazine right away. Yeah. We got an interview at J like, Records. You said he knew right exactly away. what to say. Yeah. Through these lies, man. Through these lies, he basically was telling us like, "I'm gonna give you this number. This is so and so and so and so. I'm gonna give you this number. This person works for Bad Boy. Tell working. him this. Tell him this. Tell him that. Tell him this." Yeah. And we was telling them these things, and it was working. All the doors <laughs> just opening up like boom, boom, and it was man. crazy because it was like all of these lies. <laughs> Was opening up all the doors. You want to know why? Because people in hip hop feel like they need to be the first up on something. So if you tell Curtis Blow you about to go to 106, he like, no, well come over here too. So then when y'all get there, y'all gonna yeah. be like, oh yeah, we just was with Curtis Blow. You feel what I'm saying? People think right. his name from cocaine. He played some instruments. That's why he Curtis Blow, right? Right. Yeah. See, everybody used to think his name was from fucking with the blow. Oh, so he Curtis Blow. Yeah. Oh Curtis yeah, blow. I never yeah. knew that. That's yeah. a hip hop yeah. historian. And yeah. really, he described it as. Uh, as a body blow. Yeah. You know, his lyrics is so hard. You know, it hit like a body blow. Yeah. That's the definition of 
what we got from Kurt about it. Yeah. But uh, it's crazy about how we got introduced on a lie, and then and we went to his house. I remember we went to his house. Yeah. He was, I think he was staying uh, in the Bronx or something like that at yeah, that time. Bronx. And uh, we let him hear some of our music. And from that moment, and from that moment, he heard the music. We had a, a genuine connection. Mm-hmm. We end up actually working parties for him. Yep. Yeah, because we actually passing out flyers. Yeah, because uh, that happened mm-hmm. the second time around. The first time, we just went and met him. Yeah, and then we actually moved down there to Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, we moved, and we kept the connection. And what we did was we would pass out flyers for him and help him promote his parties. He would let us open up at these parties. Yeah, yeah. you know, we've uh, opened up uh, parties with uh, Cassidy. Cassidy, one party we was at, Swiss Beats came through. Yeah. Another time we was at a party, RZA came through. He was in the back. Craig you Mac. know what I'm saying? So re- really, he was like, "I'm gonna put y'all, I'm gonna put y'all in the light." Y'all oh, just dirty bastard! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. do you think he that guy told y'all what to say because he knew y'all music could speak for itself? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he wasn't just going around telling everybody. No, this. no, he wasn't. He knew if y'all got to where y'all could play the music, right? To speak for itself, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So then I don't think it's a lie. Everything was warranted. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Now you, all you gotta do is walk past 106 and Park. You was going to 106 and Park, right? I mean, we <laughs> technically we did go past 106 and Park. We did leave 106 and Park, <laughs> but we wasn't. In yeah, however they right. took but, that. But, but, they took but I, I think dude knew what he was doing because he knew he was talented. Yeah. And he he knew somebody just needed to give us a shot. Yeah, just hear the shit. He, oh, he, yeah. and, 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 and it provided that. Mm-hmm. And I want to say since that day, the tree has been strong. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's talk money on the fly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Now, you actually one of the first people to, to get, get a, a Dage Loaf yeah, verse feature. feature and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Like, what gave you that foresight? Because this was like when Try Me wasn't even as big as it got when you like, seen like something there talk about that so well what gave me the foresight on that i basically was just following my spirit i just came back from uh the tour uh with a rep from def jam which i got linked up through y'all yeah and um when i came when i was on this tour i just saw on my timeline everybody was talking about days days loaf and something uh what happened i think i was at a car wash or something and somebody i knew knew her yeah and knew a way to possibly get a verse from her and stuff like that and I just kept having this strong urge in my spirit to connect with her and do something with her. And I followed the breadcrumbs, and eventually I ended up getting a song with her. Yeah. You know, before yeah. before she actually took off, before she signed a deal. Yeah. And it was crazy because when I was during the process of it, a lot of people was looking at me like, you want to get a verse from her? And you want to, you know, and, and I'm not knocking the outside opinions because it's just like, you know, somebody's favorite rapper may be Tupac, somebody's favorite rapper may be Biggie. Different people are into different things. Different people are interested into different artists. But the biggest part that uh, that got me to that point was I followed my spirit within. within. Yeah. Something was telling me, go there, go there, go there, go right. there. And, and it struck. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and that song is actually on a new project. But how did it perform when you uh, released it initially? How did it, like, what did it do for you? Do you feel like you got your money's worth? Yeah. I got yeah. my money's worth from it. Because yeah, what people fail to realize is, especially when you're independent and you got to pay for a feature, especially out your own pocket, like right. yeah. you have an outcome in mind. Like maybe I'm here. This feature should take me here. I sustain and my music can get me there. You feel what I'm saying? Was it one of those type of deals? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it actually did what I thought it was going to do. And what actually I can't even say. I didn't even know it was going to do what it was going to do. Yeah. All I know is I had a strong urge to do this song. And when I did the song... At first, when I first released it, it wasn't really getting any exposure or anything like that. Any traction. But, any traction. But then something in my spirit kept saying, I need to get it to the front. Yeah. I need to get it to the front. And it was a girl from the Bay Area named uh, Charlettums. Yeah. And she did a video with uh, my song. And then next thing you know, it just went viral. Yeah. And next thing you know, it just... It, and I think that huge part about it was just like how we was talking about the gentleman... Who uh, got us in front of the people because he knew we were talented, mm-hmm. and w- the, once the once you get in front of the people, it will speak for itself. Anything in sales is all about contact, yeah. and so with that video and her doing what she did, all she did was help to get me to the front. Right, and once it got to the front, it just took it just grew legs on its own. That song still is still growing to this day and it's crazy because a lot of people still don't know about the song yeah and that's that's the crazy yeah. thing about it especially with streaming is people can still discover this stuff and it's like a whole new wave you feel what i'm right. saying mm-hmm. and 
somebody might discover it and she hit you like, hey, we should shoot another video. For right. That. We you should do a video because, for because it, it can still go to this it, day. Right. And, and that's that's classic. And what I mean by classic is timeless. It right. didn't sound like what was going on right then. So it's not like uh, you it's was dated. It's to, not dated. Yeah, you didn't date. Right. It. Uh, and then you produced a, a couple songs on the project too. talk about producing for a little while for a second. Uh, actually, that's something that I been doing for a while and I think I really got uh, real deep into that when dealing with the situation with APM because I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on our project so it's just like when it came to me to do stuff for my own projects I was already handy with it and some and to those who listen and producing isn't necessarily always making a the beat. beat right you know it's kind of Puffy don't make beats he's a great producer right 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 he just magnify he can hear what you did and magnify it. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. And, and you right. need that too, them outside. Right. I need to be able to come in and t- be able to tell you because we got a working relationship. Right. Like, hey, turn that up. Like, make sure it, it don't bang, but it's crisp coming through the speakers right. and stuff like that. And, and that, that's a that's that'd be big differences in a lot of records. So we go uh, wrap this up. So where can people find y'all at? Uh, where can people find y'all at to, if they want to interact with y'all? With the music and everything like that. Well, if you want to interact with me, you can find me on Instagram at Aubreyus. That's A-U-B-R-E-Y-U-S. Or reach out to me on my website. And actually, my website takes you to everything, yeah. which is Aubreyus.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-Y-U-S. Y-U-S. Okay. Once again, that's A-U-B-R-E-Y-U-S dot com. Okay. Yeah. yeah, my Instagram is Nelson underscore Sell. Nelson underscore S-E-L. And you can um, reach me on YouTube at Nelson Sell. Okay. And also tell them yeah. about your clothing line. Tell them about oh, yeah, your clothing yeah, line. Yeah, I got the um the motivational, inspirational clothing line. Yeah. Love versus hate. Yeah. You know, um, got the store. You can actually um you can you can um where can, look, they, where can they get the clothes? Where can they get the clothes? Where can they get the clothes? Um, we got I got the Kingdom Come store. It's on nine and a half. Okay. The and, website. And the website, kingdomcomestore.com. Okay, that's dope. How long you been doing the clothes? Man, I've been doing it for like I've been printing my own stuff for four years. Yeah. But I've um, been doing it for like 10. Okay, okay, that's dope. You say, fuck that, I'm going to print it myself. Yeah, you know, you got to be your own manufacturer. That's, yeah. that's being you know, integrated. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and actually, we working together because he printing yeah. money on the flow I'll shirts, print. and I'm putting yeah. them back on the market, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah, want to yeah, buy yeah, a shirt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's mean. get it popping. So all of that's available on your website, too. All that's available on my website. Yeah, you always had that foresight, bro. Look, man, we appreciate you coming, coming down here, telling your story, man. We've been rocking with you for a long time. We've been on your side for a long time with the music and just in life. Sometimes we just talk on the phone and chop it up you feel what i'm saying and then oh yeah i got some new music coming because we built a real relationship it's been right. probably about five six years now and we always kept in contact even when how you said about uh the malice situation right we was working with him we knew that's an artist that you and him would do good together right and, and they and they kept their word and with, i appreciate them, y'all what for they that told us. you feel what i'm yeah. saying and right. they kept their word and we kept our word and hey it turned out great and uh when, uh, hopefully y'all get that video popping too you oh we already talked oh, yeah. about that yeah, we, yeah, we've already I've, I've already chopped it up with them about that you yeah. know, yo, I just uh, gotta work. Hey. I just gotta, yo, I just gotta work out the details. That's my shit. I fuck with that. Hey, yeah. make sure y'all boys know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. And uh, I'm AJ. I'm SJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.